Welcome back to the Ultimate Playlist Podcast, full of choice tracks. I'm Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. And I'm Dietrich. <laughs> it's okay, Dietrich. <laughs> so sad, Dietrich. But we still want you here. I, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks for noticing me. <laughs> You're the Eeyore of the group. Yeah. <sighs> but it, I, I got something that, that might make you happy, you know, this week's themes. Yeah. You know? What you got? <laughs> what I got? Uh, well, so, first of all, before I re- reveal the theme, i uh, just let you know what we do here on Choice Tracks is we have a side A where we have a theme and uh, we all pick a song that matches the theme. And on side B, we cover a full album. So, we're going to go ahead and drop the needle on side A. And I think the theme that's going to make you feel better, Dietrich, is girls, girls, girls. <laughs> or, as I like to say, girl group. <laughs> mm, I like the girls, girls, girls part, but we're gonna, just going to leave that alone. Um, <laughs> I think that's the wrong message. That's the wrong but, message. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Taj. <laughs> so, I, so, um, <laughs> to get back on track. So I <laughs> picked the, the theme of girl group. Um, as you know, most of you guys know, I, I'm a big, um, diva fan. I like the female singers a lot. Um, that's most of the, you know, 50% of what I listen to. Um, so I went old school with this one and I did a Supreme song. And the song I did is You Can't Hurry Love. <laughs> So <laughs> this song, um, other than being just an awesome classic song, like this song is like totally was my mantra <laughs> through my teens and twenties <laughs> and early thirties. Because <laughs> I sure couldn't really learn love, that's for sure. Um in, in, you know, just a little bit of background, like I um yeah, <laughs> I I Totally was a lone wolf in high school. Um, had zero dates in high school. Pretty much zero dates in my twenties, <laughs> you know. And then I started dating in my thirties, and um, yeah, <laughs> that's when I found love. <laughs> so, now you got the wolf pack. The wolf yeah. pack. <laughs> so, AKA dating apps. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, um, yeah, so. It's, but I mean, the, the song itself is like, it's, it's kind of the perfect message for that. Cause it's like, you know, it's telling you, Hey, you just can't hurry it. But what's interesting, it's not like a slow song. Like it's a really like fast tempo song. It's like, just get busy doing other stuff. You know, you don't have to worry about love because it'll come, you know, you just can't hurry it. So, <laughs> but that, that's, that's primarily why I picked this song. So, so it spoke to your soul, huh, Tosh? It's it. It did. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, well, why can't I? This makes no sense. You have a fast tempo. I mean, obviously, you're hurrying something. Why can't you hurry love? It's like, nope, you can't do it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> what? Well, I'll, I'll chime in really quick. I This song is a classic. It's a great song. You know, you, you've heard it before. Even if you don't know who the artist is, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely one of the, the, one of the, the great songs of the sixties for sure. I think it was sixties, right? Yeah. 66. Or, yeah. 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 It was in 66. 
Yeah. So you, you know it, you've heard it, you love it. And I think there's a good reason for that. Um, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's great, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't know it. It meant that much to you, Taj. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I don't know if I have like an emotional connection to the song, but the song is, is, is fantastic. And, you know, Supremes are, are wonderful and, they had so many hits, and this is definitely one of them. And, uh, yeah, no, this is a great choice. I mean, when you think of girl group, this is definitely one of the, the top tiers for sure of all time. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and really with, with the Supremes, like they, I mean, they took like what came out of the fifties and then they, you know, they, you know, totally took it the next level beyond because, you know, there was a bunch of girl groups in the fifties, but then the Supremes just blew it out of the water. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a great choice. Yeah, they were the epitome of girl groups because of, of their their style and and the way that they carried themselves on stage. They didn't have to do anything crazy. They were very elegant in their approach and how they, they came across in music. Um, I love the song written by uh, Holland Dozer and Holland uh, or Holly Dozer Holland. Um, you know, that musical team put together so many hits for, for Motown and, and different places all over. So. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of those great ones. And yeah, I feel you, Taj. You can't hurry love, Mama used to say. And um, right. it, it was right. It was a reason why you couldn't hurry love because when they finally came along, you knew it, and you're you're a shining example of that with your love and your love children that you made with your lovely wife. So, kudos right. to you, man, on your mantra <laughs> and everything you got going there. So. Yeah, this is great. Great band. Um, they're a, yeah, their album cover I'm looking at is this funny looking. It looks kind of like a, your school photos, you know, <laughs> the backdrop and everything. And they're just doing like, like <laughs> what, what the one, uh, chick's got her, uh, hair flying. She's just doing like the, kind of looks, looks like an eighties dance. I think she created the eighties, like swing back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like. If this was sixties, right? Yeah, sixties. I guess that was a that was probably a doo-wop dance in the sixties. Whatever that is, I don't know what the doo-wop dance is, but uh, I just made it up. So oh. a doo-wop's a thing, right? Doo-wop. Doo-wop is the thing. Yep. So yeah, Damon created doo-wop, y'all. Put that down in the history books. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna patent that style of. Dance. Oh my god! It's uh, like uh, the internet all over again. So. Yep. <laughs> Already. Uh, what I thought of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This. This. I mean. I. I think that I've heard this in movies and stuff. You know, just growing up, I think this was like always on somehow before technology when we only had an antenna to get information. Right. Uh, and a big box on the wall that made a annoying ring. Yeah. Remember those days? Um, yeah, no, this is good. It's, it's definitely like, I mean, I can't, I can't deny the Supremes shit, man. And, uh, what kind of style of music is it exactly? I know I said doo-wop, but like, what, what is it? Like, is it like, uh, it's R and B. I mean, pop music pop. pop. Yeah. It's yeah. like a pop sixties pop. Um. Uh, 60s yeah. pop is different than today's pop. It's 60s pop slash soul, or whatever you want to call that in its mix. But yeah, they like combining stuff when it comes to, to genres of music. <laughs> I have no idea why, but yeah. Right. 
Yeah, I'm I'm digging it. Yeah, I like it. Good picks, Tosh. It's, it's it it like fits with your your picks. You know, it's actually a good one. So yeah. All right. <laughs> I didn't mean that that way. Actually, a good one. I, Retrospect. I like every time I say something, I I wish I had. Yeah. Oh, uh, where'd the sun go? Um, I found out there was shade. Oh no, that was good. It was a good pick. Okay. All right. So. We're going to go from the oldest song to the newest song. So we're going to go ahead and go with Dietrich. So what what you got first, Dietrich? So mine is not the Supremes by any means, but for a very short brief of time in the world of pop music, they were they were holding their own. Um, what we're talking about is five girls that were brought together by a TV show, nonetheless, um, by a producer who was known for bringing bands together by TV shows, uh, a.k.a. Sean Combs, a.k.a. Puffy, a.k.a. Diddy, a.k.a. Brother Love, or whatever else he wants to call himself nowadays. So he had a show called Make It The Band. Uh, it was on MTV. It was prominently on MTV. And one of the seasons of Making a Band, he wanted to put together a girl group. And so he picked five individuals out of a cast of hundreds of girls who auditioned and, and tried out for. And these five women came together and became Danity Kane. And one of their biggest songs, uh, subsequently was from their second album, Dollhouse, I believe was the name of it. And it's called, uh, Damages. Damages. So, um, that song, you know, hit, definitely hit the top of the charts. It was all over the place. And what essentially happened was, um, come the second term of this album, it was all played out on the actual screen where, you know, you had some discourse. You had one of the girls by the name of Aubrey Day, which has gone on to do her own thing, um, notorious or otherwise. And, uh, she definitely wanted a bigger spot in the band. It was, it was alleged that she had an affair with Diddy. Um, and that was the reason why she felt like she should have been a bigger star in the, when it comes to the group or the lead singer in the group. And he didn't see it that way. And so he fired her from the group. And then one of the other girls was upset about you can't do that. And so he fired her too. And anybody else who wanted to leave, they're fired as well. And it was one of the biggest, biggest episodes of making the band history because you just literally seen a group dissolve right in front of your eyes based off of ego and also, you know, what they had and what they didn't have. So um, it came off of this album. So this was their last album they ever put out, ever put together. Matter of fact, no, no, no. Three of the band members, I want to say three or four. Yeah, three of the band members got together and tried to do something else with it. But, you know, nothing else really materialized from the situation. So, but this is one of, if not the biggest hit. And um, I just wanted to put it out there because I remember those in-between bands that, you know, had a definite spark in the industry, whether they were manufactured or not. Um, They definitely had star potential and and, and material. So y'all tell me what you think about it. So I had never heard them before, but I I liked it. I mean, it was was interesting because it was harmonies, but it's not like. You know, it's not the type of harmonies you think of when you think of like, uh, you know, boys to men where, you know, they're, they're all doing the same note, you know, and it's, an, it's a making one perfect pitch. Like it's layered harmonies where everyone's singing something different at, at a different time. And, and yeah, it was, 
the song itself was cool, but then I saw the cover and I was like, oh damn, they, they went for it. They're like, hey, we're going to have the voice and we're going to have the appeal. And they had the appeal. And oh, yeah. I got curious because then I was like, what, what else is on this album? And then I, I listened to their song called Striptease that was on that same album. And you're like, okay. <laughs> I see what you're yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah, they had another song on their first release album called Showstopper. That was their, their first single and it picked up and, and it definitely became a girl's anthem throughout. But, um, yeah. you know, this, this, this particular album in itself for me was one of those musical conjunctions that I like listening to because you know that the artists aren't writing the songs, you know that they're not putting the stuff together, but the way that they're making them sing and the way that they're coming across in their harmonies and the melodies actually worked out. And plus it did not hurt that all five of them were sexy as hell i just wanted to put that out there and they're all right so <laughs> so but yeah so what do you think Brandon? um it's okay uh <laughs> like i i completely forgot about that band and i don't know much about them but definitely when i went to go look at the uh the album cover i'm like oh yeah i remember this i remember this whole thing and and uh i remember the the show and stuff like that um it is definitely manufactured for sure um mm-hmm. and it sounds manufactured to me um it's okay it's not not i it's not it's not my cup of tea by any means it's it's yeah it's all right it's it's uh, it's bubblegum pop music for me i just i can't really get behind it um right. you know it's just not something that I, I listen to. Um, I, it's, it's well, well produced, I guess, but it's just not, not something I can really, uh, fully, you know, support. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's just, but I mean, yeah, uh, they're pretty. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. They're, they're, they're very, very attractive women. Um, but the, the music was, was not for me. So, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's how I feel about that song. Cool. Yeah. Damon, what I you guess, got, man? I guess sex sells, right? So it's, uh, it's five girls in the band. Were they the original? You said they weren't the original or they are the original? They are. Yeah. Now, they're what's they're the, the original lineup. Okay. It's called making okay. the band. Making the band, and that's how they made this band. Yes. Is it, so it's kind of like a weird version of American Idol for one band. I don't know if there's is there another show like this, or is this like the only show like that where they make a band? No, it's actually a couple of spin off of it. So Diddy originally, or Puff Daddy, or Sean Puffy Combs, what whatever his name is, he originally started the reality show making a band type situation. Um, he actually made a rap group first. And then when the rap group fell apart, he came across and made a boy group. And then from the boy group, he made a girl group, which was Danny Kane. So, uh, day 26 was the boy group that, that was made as well. So he, he manufactured a bunch of that. He even did so much so that he did a making a band for his own tour band for his, um, last train to Paris. 
um, tour that he was going on. So it wasn't even about making artists. It was about bringing in musicians and creating a band off of it. So he definitely, you know, ran that series as far as it could go. But yeah, it was, you brought in like, like, a, like a American Idol type situation where everybody came in, everybody song, everybody saw that choreography, if they could dance, if they could keep up. Those who were great moved on. Those who were not got sent home. And then what you got out of it was this product called Danny Decane and all five girls were part of the group and they were actually coming into their own and, and really just striving to be the best that they could be. And then everything kind of got pulled from up under them based on egos. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it sounds like an awful situation. <laughs> it sounds like, uh, what, what is this? Like, like he's like the pimp, you know, or like the leader of some kind of harem and these are all his, his bitches. I mean, I, I'm looking at, just looking at, like, it's a great album cover. Like, you know, and they want to look beautiful, of course. You know, that's great. You know, like, nothing wrong with that. But just the way that it all went down kind of sounds a little chauvinistic. And, I mean, Very. kind of like not what I would want to, uh, that's not the, you know, the image I would want for something I was working on. But, um, yeah, like, there was, did uh, is Sean Combs. Or P. Diddy, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. I think he was at the uh, the uh, o- Oscars. No, Grammys. Like, oh, he was at the Grammy. Oh, okay. I thought he did something at the uh, the Oscars. He probably did something at the Oscars. I don't know. He's but, uh, he was yeah. interacting too. But yeah. Oh, okay. I, I mean, yeah. So the like the song doesn't sound bad. It's very pr- it's very produced. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Because a lot of artists I like are probably overproduced, you know. Um, I I can appreciate an artist that you know made their own album or you know like didn't really have to rely on somebody else to do that for them. But uh, that's not what this is about, right? This is from a show, so. Right. But uh, yeah, very interesting. Um, and twenty twenty two is it like brand new? Nah, uh, nah, these were, this is what, 20, I want to say 20, between 2012, 2013. Oh, this is old. Okay. Uh, Older. It's not old, but it's older. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. I guess this would have been, it would have been odd for this to come out. 2014. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, wait, 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 wait. When, when did that album drop? I think it's 2008. Yeah. I was thinking too too hard. Yo, welcome to the dollhouse. That was 2008 when the album dropped. Yeah, 2008 when that single came out. You're right. I was getting crossed up when they tried to come back on some other stuff. But yeah. Yeah, so good. so my take on the song, good song, well produced. I think we're all kind of agreeing on that. Uh, I hate the, uh, the backstory. <laughs> uh, but it does, it's kind of like a lesson learned in uh, the business, you know? Like, maybe this will be a... Uh, a way for new artists to not get themselves wrapped up in that. Or maybe they wouldn't really be an artist that was top in charts if they weren't part of that TV show. So it might not affect other people that are really uh, just doing, you know, building a career outside of a TV show competition. Not to say that that's bad because a lot of people came out of American Idol and were really good and they deserved it. Uh, different show completely. <laughs> Uh, it's like there. I think there's a show called Rock of Love, and that was also wasn't that like just based on relationships. So, I mean, of yeah, course, that, that, was, that uh, was a that was a love show with uh, what was the name? Um, 
Brett Michaels. Brett Michaels, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a totally different situation. This one is more so about the music, about them coming together, becoming a band, becoming an actual right. artist, and then yeah. got blasted into stardom to where all of them were on stage doing, you know, all all tours. Like when you're when you're going from being just, you know, somebody sitting at somebody's job doing nothing, all of a sudden now you're performing on stage with Diddy and the locks and, and Little Kim and, and all the bad boy artists and the whole nine, it's like, that's a whole other situation. You got 20,000 people coming to your show. That's crazy. So this this documented everything going on with that, but it also showed a lot of the bad stuff too. Because like we've already said in earlier situations, all it takes is one ego to come into play and then groups break up because of that ego. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I do have one question. So did they... Since they made the band, did they give them all a personality type? Like, were they like, this is the funny one, this is the, you know, this is the, you know, cause you know how like with boy groups, they do the same thing or like even like Spice Girls, they're, you know, they, each Spice has a different <laughs> personality type. Yeah. Spice right. Girls, good reference for sure. Yeah. yeah. Great reference. In this situation, no, um, they didn't play off of their types. So to speak, what they did was um, they tried to let each individual girl speak for herself or stand for herself. So like um, you have one girl who was considered to be the thick one of the group who's thick by no means in, in today's standards alone. But that was one of those situations where you could take it as body shaming because he wanted her to look a certain way or, or to to to. to fitting her clothes a certain type of way. Yeah, one girl that was married that they didn't want to promote her marriage. They wanted her to look like she was single. You had another girl, Dawn, that that literally would do anything for the group. You had um one girl who was like the shy one that was like had like the little kid look. So they wanted to try to play up on that with giving her a little sex appeal. And then you had Aubrey who basically was her own entity and stood out uh, amongst the group. And it's also the reason for the breakup in the situation because she thought she deserved more than what she got. She wanted to be the frontliner. She wanted to be the one that everybody was talking about, the leader of the band. And in this essentially there was no leader of the band. There was just the band. Gotcha. Makes sense. Okay. So all right. You guys ready to move on? Sure. Sure. Okay. I'm trying to figure it out. I, originally I was gonna do I think I'll go, go with my original pick. So Damon Oh, is it my turn? Oh, okay. Your turn, buddy. Uh, yeah, so I I, uh, I I went with a band that isn't the same girl group um, or type of girl group that uh, Dietrich had picked, but uh, it's a duo. Um, this is the Indigo Girls, and we, uh, my wife and I had saw, we saw them live, I believe it was 2000. Um, but it could have been later. It just, it was, I'm pretty sure it was 2000. It was, it was quite some time ago. And, uh, the cool thing about this show is that we, um, we were at a venue that I think, I think is actually closed now. And, um, but I could be wrong about that too. And no, it, it, it moved. They moved locations. It was called the backyard in Austin, Texas. So this is uh, South Austin. And there were a lot of venues here that have changed since. But um, yeah, it was nice to be able to see some of that back in the day. And so Indigo Girls, uh, they they went on stage and just everybody was having a great time. It's a folky band. Um, I have to say, like, I don't 
listen to a lot of folk music. Maybe I do actually. If I if I think about it, there's probably a lot of bands I like that are like folk style, but they're definitely uh, a folk band. And but they're like um, they have a little you know they're a little bit of a different sound than some other folk music. Uh, pretty upbeat. Like they have uh, they have they have a lot of you know, years behind them, and they're still touring now too. They're still. They're still doing their thing. Um, they went to, I think, elementary school together. The two of them um, uh, were, I guess, like friends. Emily Sellers and Amy Amy Ray. Uh, they were friends since like kids, and then they started a band in college, and uh, they'd play shows at their school. And then they eventually uh, the ops quite the opposite of this. The last band that uh, Dietrich had picked, um, they. They produced their own album. Their first album was produced by them, and they uh, they put the whole thing out. And then they got picked up by big big labels. But they were able to they were able to get that out uh, on their own, which is really impressive. Um, and you know, I think they were like back in the day. I believe they're both lesbians, but that's something they also had to overcome too. So there's a lot of things that they uh, that were coming at them, and they uh, they fought all the adversity that, you know, was there. So I think that's pretty impressive. And this is probably one of my favorite songs, but the album that it's on, uh, Retrospective, is a really good album, too. So uh, if you haven't heard Indigo Girls, check them out. Um, probably see a lot of their stuff live on YouTube, like uh, their shows over the years. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's probably not what I go to all the time, but, uh, yeah. What do you all think of uh, my pick? Did you say the name of the song? Oh, um, yeah. So the uh, the album is retrospective, and <laughs> I have to go back here and check what I check what I had for the. I like the whole the whole album's really good. Um, this is a uh, so wow. Hold on a second. <laughs> it's okay. I'm trying. I'm drawing a blank because well, I didn't. Tell me what it. you think. Tell me what you think of this. Closer people. to mine. Closer yeah. to mine was the name of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Closer to fine, excuse me. Closer to fine, yeah. Right. <laughs> closer to my mind. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Closer to my mind. Uh, yeah, closer to fine. Okay. Yeah, it's closer to fine. And unless I seek my source for some definitive, closer I am to fine. Yeah. Um, you, you guys go. What do you got, Brand? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean the song's good. I I've never really listened to Indigo Girls. I I I'm familiar with them. Um, I know the name and uh, I know that they have a big following, but I've never I've never really yeah I've never really um got in got gotten into the music. And it's nothing it's nothing against the sound or against them. I just you know just never really went down that rabbit hole with them. Um. But yeah, I mean the song. The song's fine. The song's decent. It's good. Um, yeah, I mean it's. I, I don't have much to say other than like, yeah, it's it's a good song. So. Yeah, you know, and I think that I never went down the rabbit hole really with them either. But I think I was surrounded by mostly women that liked the Indigo Girls and their stuff back in the day. Uh, a lot of friends from college and. Like my wife really wanted to see them. She liked, you know, a few of their songs. Closer to Fine was one of the songs that was like a big hit back then. Um, but you know, when we get a when we get a theme, girl groups, you know, I have to like dig, right? 
I don't think I have to dig, but it was hard to like. I was trying to think of song like bands I saw live, and uh, yeah, there were a few girl groups I'd seen live, but they're not the um, the large girl groups, you know, like the, you know the acapella or whatever. Uh, it's usually like a duo or something, like a Tegan and Sarah or something like that. Saw them live, but uh, yeah, Indigo Girls, yeah, wasn't like my go-to, you know. Like, it, it would remind me of something on Beavis and Butthead where they're like, you know, the whole lesbian seagull song. That's where it kind of like, that's, I think they did do something with Beavis and Butthead. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. They would probably dig my joke too. I hope if they like Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I just had to be in a right mindset to really dig it to really get into it um yeah. you know i like i like folk music for sure um but there you know there's it, it, there are times especially when you're being introduced to like a new group you really have to be in the the mood to like really open up your ears and accept something new you know and um I'm not too familiar with Indigo Girls. I honestly could not tell you a single hit, but I know they exist and I know that they have a, no, but what I mean is like, I know they have a, they have a following. I have oh, friends who have, who like Indigo Girls, but it just never, it never was in my peripheral, you know, like, yeah. which doesn't make a lot of sense because like, I really do like folk music. I think I especially like it more now. So this might be like, the, the like ripe time for me to seek them out. You know, I probably would not have enjoyed it 20 years ago, but me in my forties, I think I might like it better. So, you I know, think you would. I yeah. should, I should probably explore, you know, their, their catalog and, and, uh, report right. how I feel about this band later on at some point. Yeah. No, I think, I think you'll be surprised at how awesome a lot of the stuff is and yeah. yeah that show we got like boosted into like the vip section it was great it was like i think we were sitting with like their family or something i don't know it was a yeah. small venue and it was it was like uh you know late 90s or early 2000 2000 i mean that's things were a little different i think in austin then you know yeah. but um yeah so what do you cool, think cool. Uh, I like it. It's, it's an inspirational song. It's, it's a personal song, you know, talking about what you're going through and, and if you can get things just right, you'll be, you'll be closer to okay than you were before. So I definitely love it. I, I've always loved bluegrass slash folk type music. Um, so anybody that, that has the, especially the gall to put it together on your own and put it out there, what do you know what I'm saying? Without no major label already pushing you. This is definitely a plus in my book because it tells me that your grind is true. So you know, I, I definitely, yeah, I can dig it. And I would love to see them live, um, get the full effect of, of how they come across, um, you know, when, with the whole span of the catalog that they would pick out or, or even the, the stage tree of songs that they would pick out in order to perform. I would like to see that. So definitely be looking forward to them coming back through anytime soon yeah that, that probably will happen um they're touring now so you can i'm sure you can find them uh somewhere near yeah austin or yeah so so <laughs> all right um okay so i have to first of all say i love the song that there i have no faults with the song at all 
Um, awesome. I knew the song, and, and it was one of those I instantly loved. It kind of um, reminded me of a, like a, a female Simon and Garfunkel, you know? Yeah, um, I can see and, that. And so but here's where <laughs> here's where the thing is weird. The song have no problems with the song. I love the song. I was working, I think, at a music store, and I loved the song. And I saw like five albums of Indigo Girls all used for sale, and I grabbed them all. Right? I was like, "Yes, more Indigo Girls." I am going to try. Oh, you listen. bought five albums. <laughs> I bought five albums of Indigo at once. <laughs> Wait, when was this? A uh, long time ago. Right back in your twenties, right? Right, probably when like, I came at Hastings because when he wasn't dating, so he had time to put towards buying stuff like this. So yeah, it makes sense. You guys saw the forty-year-old version, right? I just want to say that he might have bought no. five five Indigo Girls albums at once too, but. Yeah. And that's cool. I mean, there's nothing. No, he, he would have bought four, like five Voltron characters. He wouldn't have bought five Indigo Girls. <laughs> yeah. So, but, that's here's true. The, here's the deal. Like, their second biggest hit is Galileo's Daughter, which that's a, a great song. But the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the, even this, that album that this song came out in, like, and maybe, and it's one of those things, cause you know how I struggle with stuff that, that's, that you have to sit and really listen to it. Like, I, yeah, the rest of the Indigo Girls, I didn't like as much, cause it wasn't, it wasn't anything like this song. The rest of their albums weren't anything at all like this. Um, it's very much like a, I would say it's kind of like a Joanne Baez kind of like really soft folk rock type of thing. You know, it, it's, it's nothing like this, which at the time, like I said, I really liked, felt like a Simon and Garfunkel, which was kind of like a more poppy folk. Um, and so it was one of those things where it's like, loved the song, went, bought five albums. And then I was like, well, I have five albums of Indigo Girls. <laughs> and then they're going to end up on another used rack in three years. I was about to say, you should have resold them. I tried to get your money back. <laughs> no, I, 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 I hope they wouldn't end up on that used rack, but uh, now it's yeah. easier to collect music with digital copies and all that, too. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, back in the day, you had to like, go to a store and try to impress the girl you know, on the other side of the aisle and you're like, look what I'm buying. <laughs> Tell us the truth. You're trying to get a hot date. No. <laughs> Hell yeah. It was Music Mania. I'm, I'm going to try and get a hot date. <laughs> nice. So, but yeah, so that that was my, uh, that's my Indigo Girl story. So. I'll buy that Yanni. If, <laughs> if I get to take her out on a date. I mean, yeah. oh, damn. <laughs> my sister used to buy me like just like the weirdest shit. <laughs> And one of the albums she got me was fucking Yanni. And I was like, okay, I'll listen to it. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, well, that was a that was an interesting one. Yeah. It was probably my hippie stage, you know? So I was like, oh, maybe I could get into this. Yeah, I couldn't do that. <sighs> Sorry. Yeah. So, All right. So uh, we're going to go ahead and go to Brandon. And we're going to kind of mirror things off here. <laughs> All right, man. I feel like uh, Vanessa Williams here. You saved the best for last. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. 
Diva. Yeah. Um, all right. So when Taj had uh, told us what the theme was going to be, you know, I sometimes like to try to go with my gut feeling, like one of the first song that pops in my mind. And this was the first song that popped in my head. And I went and I listened to a few more tracks from different bands that I love and adore. But this was the one that I kept going back to. And at first, I wasn't sure if I should, because Taj first told us before anybody else uh, what their track was going to be. And his was actually a Supreme song. And then I thought, damn it, my song is from the Supremes. And then I thought, you know what? My song is better than Taj's song. So I'm going to go ahead and stick with my my choice here. And the song I picked was by Diana Ross and the Supremes. It's a single from 1967. The song is called Reflections. Reflections of the way life used to be. Reflections of the love you took from me. And if you've never heard the song Reflections, stop what you're doing right now. Listen to it. It's a hell of a song. It's a psychedelic pop song. Came out during the summer of love of 1967, during the height height of uh, Vietnam War. Uh, the song's incredible. I think the first time I might have heard the song was it was actually the theme song to China Beach, which was a TV show in the late 80s, early 90s. Oh, yeah. I love that show, dude. I have loved this song ever since I first heard it during during China Beach. Um, It's such a such a cool song, such a unique sound. Um, You know, I did a little research and they used a test oscillator to create the sound and had effects uh, used with it. Um, it was one of the last songs that, uh, was a hit single for, for the producers of, of Motown. Um, what's her name? It was H, HDH, I think, or HGH. Yeah. So, Holland, Holland, Dozer Holland. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but it was a song that was heavily influenced by the sound of the Beatles and the Beach Boys. And I, I just, I think it's an incredible song. It was actually also the first single that used the 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 rebranded name of Diana Ross and the Supremes. They were known just as the Supremes. This was the first single where it was Diana Ross and the Supremes. Um, but it's still a girl group. It still counts. Um, great song. Phenomenal great. song. The sound's just unique. The lyrics are great. The singing's phenomenal. The backup vocals are fantastic. It's one that just still resonates and and says a lot with all the music that I've heard in my life. And when Taj goes, favorite song by Girl Group, and this immediately is the first song that pops in my head, I knew that this had to be it. And uh, so, yeah, that was my choice, Reflections by Diana Ross and the Supremes. Let me jump off in here first and say, hell of a pick, man. Excellent pick. Um, Like you said, the rebranding, bringing out Diana Ross, that's the forefront was part of that ego situation of what we talked about before, because she definitely made a power play in that move. Um, shout out to Holland, Dozer Holland. They were, you know, on, alongside of Smokey, they were, you know, the, the dynamic team that brought out a lot of the hits for Motown, especially in the sixties. So they wrote a lot of songs and this was one of their great songs that they wrote to. And the production behind it was top notch because that sound 
sound in the very beginning of the track, you'd have swore that came out in the 80s, the way that they flipped the octaves and, and, and had all the, the harmonics coming out of that and then turn around and roll right into the actual song itself. That was beauty. That was that was a thing of beauty in itself. And and when I first heard the song, when I first heard the song, I heard it from like a Motown mix. But I heard it blended in into the actual song play itself. So the first 15 seconds of it, I never caught until I went back and played the song by itself. And that's what it was like. Oh, damn. They really did that. And so, yeah, I know about the oscillator that you're talking about. Um, a, a great piece of equipment, um, used by so many different musicians and, and, and folks trying to, to figure out how to manipulate sound and sound quality. So. Yeah, man, this was a great pick, great song, great change of pace. Um, there, there's so many syncopations where it's changed the pace within the song and parts where, you know, you think they're going to come back in right here and then it delays another two measures and, but it's still, it's still on beat. No matter how many times things move, it's still right there and they're still in that sync and it works. And I just wish a lot of songwriting would take notes from songs like this because you don't have to have a structure 16 bars or eight bars or whatever and go into the next part you can have a song that's organic and flows organically and still come out and make it a hit which is what they did here so love it man nice yeah no for sure it was it was a great pick um when you you picked it it was like I I didn't know it right away from the title, but then once I, I started playing it, I was like, "Oh, this song!" And and, and it kind of matches it matches you. I was like, "Oh yeah, this is a sound that Brandon likes." <laughs> this is, <laughs> yeah, I can see where Brandon picked this, and and it was yeah for sure. And and I'm glad that you mentioned because it had that in and maybe it's just from where I've heard it from, but it very much had that '70s Vietnam vibe. Like it, and so I was like, "Oh yeah, th- this this song kind of puts you in that time period, in that feeling." But yeah, for sure. But yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I love China Beach too. That was a really good reference. That just that just like put me back to being a kid again. That was crazy. Um, and uh, Diana Ross is awesome. She was a big influence on Michael Jackson. Uh, I want to say that Brian Holland did he work with Michael Jackson? Do you know anybody? Or Holland, um, Dozer Holland. I don't know if they, because like the Jacksons, they had their own production, right? Yeah. I don't know if anybody knew any of the backstory in that. <laughs> I, but, uh, um, you're, yeah, you're muted. Way. You're muted, Diedrich. Oh, God damn. I was like, sorry about that. <laughs> no, nah. I thought no, you were yeah, I said, um, they had their own production team when it came to the Jacksons, but early on, um, there was some collaborations between the groups and, and so to speak. So yeah, it definitely could have been some collaborations, a couple of B-sides, things of that nature, uh, yeah. when it came to them writing. So yeah, that's, no, that's great. And that is, this, this song is great. It's like, it just, uh, makes me think of that show, The Wonder Years too. Um, Fred Savage is on that. That was a really good show. And I'm sure that this is on that show in one of the episodes. Uh, for some reason, it makes me think of like Forrest Gump. I don't know if it's because like there was like a that time period in the movie Forrest Gump where it was like his wife's like going off to you know protest the war and stuff, and he goes to the war. But yeah, no, this is this is a great song. Diana Ross, awesome. Supremes. Yeah, this is like the music that I don't really listen. I don't take the time to listen to this stuff. 
Um, I know it's there and I, I've heard it and I know it, but like, do I have their record or something like that? Like it makes me want to buy more records and like listen to something like this on vinyl and just listen to the whole album and learn more about them. But, uh, yeah, that was just great. Good reminder of what's out there for sure. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Okay. Well, what do you think, Taj? You think, uh, you think we're at the end of side A? You want to go ahead and flip that record? Yep. Let's go ahead and flip that record and, uh, drop the needle on side B. <laughs> All right. So, Taj, you had some homework for us for the side B. I did. I did. Um, so my homework, and like I said, I felt weird picking this as homework, but I think it's, it's worthy, um, is Aretha Franklin album. Um, and the album's name is Who Zoom and Who. Um, so again, the, the reason, main, one of the reasons why I picked this is because this is the album that I had as a kid on a cassette tape. Um, it, it was only the first, um, nine tracks. So it, cause if you look at Spotify, like it has, uh, more tracks, but it, like the cassette tape I had only had the, the first nine tracks. Um, I just, I don't know. It was, so as a kid, I grew up watching the Blues Brothers a lot. So I knew who Aretha Franklin was from that, you know. Um, I knew Respect, you know, I knew that song <laughs> a lot. Um, and I, I knew a couple of others, but, um, this, uh, was in, uh, 1985. And I think Blues Brothers came out in 1980. Um, crazy thing is, uh, even in 85, Aretha Franklin still hadn't made, um, the Hall of Fame yet. Um, she didn't make, uh, the Grammy Hall of Fame until 91 and then, or I'm sorry, Grammy Lifetime Achievement in 94 and Grammy Legend Award in 91. So like, um, it was just, it's interesting that like it took that long for her to be recognized. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, this, I don't know. It's the album has its eighties elements to it, but it's still Aretha being Aretha and, you know, you can't like it doesn't it to me it kind of like it doesn't matter what kind of back backdrop you put behind her she's still going to be amazing <laughs> and, and and all the songs are amazing so the the uh, the main song that most people will know off of this is uh, sisters are doing it for themselves uh with it uh, which he co did with the eurythmics um and so they both released them the exact same year um but the the other i think the other main hits on here are like freeway of love and uh, who's zooming who? Um, my pick, I th- I think if I have to pick one, uh, is probably just sweet bitter love because that's I mean that's I mean it's kind of a throwback, but it's it's just Aretha being Aretha, and you yeah you can't <laughs> that voice. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a but yeah. What did you guys think? I, I'm I'm rambling, but yeah. oh, you're fine, Taj. You can keep <laughs> rambling. I can uh, keep yeah, if you got more to say, say it. I'm, yeah, no, I just, the, the, and like I said, it's just weird. Like, I have no idea why this particular album was the one I had as a kid or why they picked this particular one. Um, I know years later, or I mean, like a couple years later, like I did get like Aretha of, uh, Franklin's like greatest hits. Um, but, uh, this was for sure the first album of hers I remember listening to was this, not her greatest hits. So, yeah. 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 It's, it's a, it's an interesting choice because I mean, I know how old you are. And when I think of like young Taj listening to an Aretha Franklin album in 1985, it's kind of strange to me. 
because, <laughs> you know, like in 85, I was, you know, seven years old and you're not that much older than I am. And, uh, there's no way I would have listened to this at seven years old. You know, like I, I would be like, who's this old lady singing? And, you know, like I would look at the cover going, this isn't, uh, you know, well, 85. This isn't Michael Jackson, you know? So, um, yeah, it definitely would not have been something I would have listened to at seven years old at all. I had no idea who Aretha Franklin was. I may have seen Blues Brothers at that point, but I probably didn't put two and two together, you know. Um, it's, it's definitely a, a strange selection because when you think of Aretha Franklin, I don't think of anything past like 1980 with her, you know, not saying that she didn't have good songs, but when you think of Aretha Franklin, you're thinking of like Aretha in her prime, you know, with like respect and think and, you know, natural woman, all those songs. So, you know, and, and it, you kind of get a little thrown off by like that 80s production value that 80s vibe because i'm like wait Rita was still going strong like well i think it was kind of her like comeback right in 85 that that yes. album right so it's a yeah. little yes. it's a little like off-putting at first because you just think of like that classic sound and and then you hear this 85 album and I'm like dude okay all right i can i can kind of get behind this and i i kind of feel like that about the album i can kind of get behind it you know but not a hundred percent because, because I, I like classic Aretha and it's hard for me to like put them in two different, like I, they're in two different categories. And if I had to pick a category, I'm going classic Aretha, you know, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Um, yeah, but it's not, it's not, it's not taken away from the album because I did enjoy the album. Um, it definitely feels like a product of its time, but with a timeless voice, that is, you know, in the forefront of a very um, mediocre sound machine of the 80s. You know, I don't know if that I don't know. Maybe that doesn't that doesn't add up. I'll have to check the math later. Um, but overall, like I did enjoy the album for the most part. I thought it was just fun, but it definitely definitely cannot beat um, older Aretha for me at all. Um, I definitely, seven-year-old me when this came out would not have liked this at all. Uh, <laughs> me at 43, I enjoy it a lot more. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny is like, as far as like hits and stuff, I definitely knew Freeway of Love and I don't know where I knew it from, but I've heard it before. And the sister song, I kind of remember, um, but not that, that well. And if sister I had act, it was in sister uh, act. Whoopi oh, Goldberg. Yeah. There you go. So, um, yeah. So overall, I think it was actually not, it's not a bad album, but it's not my go-to Aretha, but it was good to have her have a comeback. And, um, it was, it's, it's nice to see an artist like that who's, was able to stay relevant in the eighties, you know, like she was able to stay relevant e even unto her, her passing. Um, and if I had to pick a favorite choice, it would actually, it would have to be Fre Freeway I Love because I just think it's a fun song. You know, I just enjoy right. it. And probably because it's the one I know the most, the one I heard the most, and uh, I don't get sick of listening to that song. So I could definitely say if I had a greatest hits, you know, an ultimate hits, there's nothing wrong with putting that song on her greatest hits. I think it's that good. 
So anyway, yeah. So overall, pretty good. And Freeway of Love is my favorite. Oh, okay. And I was rambling, so <laughs> you're fine. So, all right. Would you? Would you think, Damn. Damon? Uh, yeah. I, it, it reminds me of like watching Sister Act and the late '80s or whenever that was. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg and all these other really cool um, actors, you know, from the '80s and '90s. Like all the movies then, I think were like awesome. Action movies were different. It's kind of more fun. I don't know. They're fun now, but yeah, there's there's definitely a thing there. And I think that uh, Aretha Franklin's got a lot of music and movies and shows. I mean, they use a lot of her stuff. And I want to say there's got to be like an Eddie Murphy movie. For some reason, I want to say that's uh, the yeah, way I love was like an Eddie Murphy movie. Okay. Another 48 Hours, maybe? Beverly Hills Cops. I, th- I was trying to look it up, but I thought one of the tracks was used in Beverly Hills Cops. I think it's Freeway of Love. Oh, okay. But so like a lot of the Freeway of Love is really good. I think uh, Sisters Are Doing It for Themselves is my favorite. <laughs> that's my that's my track. I just I just love the the beat with it. I like Annie Lennox. You know your Eurythmics. Uh, some of the other stuff on here is probably more Aretha Franklin esque. Like, it's more of, like, what she would do. But she does have that, like, Brandon saying, like, that 80s beat is throughout this whole album. It's very much so dressed up in the 80s. 85, you know, it was, like, Back to the Future came out. Then. Like, that yeah, was like, just, like, what's that? I was going to say, it's a product of its time, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and it fits really well. It fits the bill for, like, all these 80s movies that her music goes in. And, yeah, it just, it just makes me think of neon lights, like, really bright neon lights. Uh... Yeah. Was there a Aretha Franklin song in Back to the Future? I don't think so. Oh, I wish there was. That would have been cool. I love that movie, but I, I, for some reason, like, I'm thinking there was, but yeah. The one thing I'm missing for Back to the Future, according to Damon, is a Aretha Franklin song. So if I could uh, figure out the 1.21 gigawatts, then I might be able to crack the code and make it happen. So... But yeah, no, it's, it's, this is a really good nostalgia, 80s nostalgia, me being a little kid. More like, it brings me to like movies because of all our stuff being in movies. Just like watching HBO in the 80s. So different than now. But uh, yeah. Alright, so uh, this confirmed two things for me. Taj, one, you have an old soul. And two, you are a woman in your past life. <laughs> <laughs> so five let me, indigo let me, girls <laughs> albums at once. So let me let me put it to you in this aspect. Um, seven year old me was listening to this because seven year old me was watching MTV, and um, you know this was definitely around the time where they were putting out music videos, and music videos is where you got all your music from, not necessarily the radio. Like if you were like me, because I was a TV kid. Um, so in this situation, I remember hearing Freeway of Love because I remember the video and I remember wondering, you know, who actually drives a pink Cadillac, not understanding what the metaphors were for and all not. So now older me understanding how nasty Aretha <laughs> was in that song is like, ooh, you freaky little thing, you shame, shame on you. But this is what I will say. Um, Brandon brought up a very good point is you cannot cross the time frames when it comes to Aretha. Here's the reason why she has, she is soul. 
She has a soul voice. She is soul personified. So um, the fact that she did come back out in the 80s, the fact that, you know, she dropped the album before that. I think it was 83 when she dropped another album before this one. But when this one came out, Freeway Love was the writing single because everybody loved a nice little uppity beat. Um, Sisters are doing it for themselves was a actual um power anthem for females it was it was before the feminist movement really took off to where it is now but fun fact about that song um that wasn't supposed to be aretha on that song that song was yeah that song was actually written for tina turner to sing along with the rhythmics and then because of scheduling conflicts they couldn't do it so they flew out to detroit and met up with Aretha and she sung the song instead. And that's why it took off in its path the way it did. So, um, that, that wasn't even supposed to be on her album. It wasn't supposed to be on her radar, but because the collaboration came out so well that that's why they decided to push it. Um, but yeah, I had to separate in my mind before I went to the album. I'm not listening to soul Aretha. I'm not listening to you make me feel like a natural woman, Aretha. I'm listening to 80s, seven-year-olds sitting in front of the TV, watching MTV, looking at all the funny stuff going on around Aretha and knowing that she still got that soulful voice and that powerful patch that comes out whenever she opens her towel, her, her mouth. So... I took it as I'm going to listen to an 80s Aretha and I'm going to be okay with it. And for the most part, I did just that and I got just that. My favorite song out of it, taking it from that 80s part, was Push with Peter Wolf. Reason being is because that's probably the most 80s sounding track on there with all the synths and everything playing in the background. So I was like, if there was ever an 80s song for Aretha to get on, that probably is not going to go anywhere, but it's got all the 80s sounds in it. This was it. (laughs) So (laughs) Push to Me was my favorite song on there. Yes, I love Freeway of Love. Yes, I love Sisters are doing it for themselves. I love uh, Sweet Bitter Love, the whole nine. I, I, I know the album. But and I even love integrity. Integrity for me was it was a was a good hitter. But but when you're talking about songs that I take for the era itself and leave it in that era, it's got to be push for me. So makes sense. <laughs> totally, man. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. so yeah. Carry the boombox so. in your folder. That's the way it goes. <laughs> 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 yeah. But, but the, see, it, I I kind of think it's interesting that, that you were making the the comment about the pink Cadillac that way because in my mind, like every every movie that came out that referenced the fifties in the eighties always mentioned the pink Cadillac. There was even a movie called Pink Cadillac, so it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was one of those. It became one of those icons for the fifties was a pink Cadillac. It, it, it's for some reason represented the fifties and the eighties. So it's right. a weird thing. Well, go back and listen to the song and you'll get a whole nother understanding of where that's coming from. <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to know what that is when you're <laughs> I didn't. I knew what it was when I forty three. And that's that's the beauty that's a, you know, like a safe song. That is a message you might not want to know when you're that young. But, uh. 
So. Oh man, yeah. Go back and look over the lyrics. Re- uh, listen to the song again after you look over the lyrics. It's like, ooh, it's a, you dirty little girl. You, <laughs> I'm not mad. Rest in peace, beautiful soul, beautiful heart. So, all right. Well, that was my uh, my homework. Um, do we have any homework next week? I think you guys do. It's my choice. You guys are going to get funky. Oh, I like it already. What you got? All right. So my last album was from 2018. And usually you guys know I like to go with some older stuff. And we're going back in time again. We're going to the year 1971. And we're going with Funkadelic's Maggot Brain. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So check it out. Live it. Learn it. Know it. It's great. It's fantastic. I hope you guys like it. Maggot Brand by Funkadelics from 1971. Okay. So, all right. Well, this has been um, Choice Tracks. You can find this on our website of choicetracks.com or email us at choicetracks uh, at gmail.com. Again, that's with a Z at the end because we're awesome. Uh, <laughs> let's go and sign out. <laughs> I've been Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm Awesome Damon. <laughs> You can't hear you. And go riding on the freeway. I love him. I think I'm Dietrich. Yeah. No, I don't want to do all that. <laughs> all right. I don't think I'm awesome because I said I was awesome. That's awesome. Okay. No, you're amazing, man. Really. No, don't say that. I think you're amazing. Damn it, Todd. You're awesome sauce. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. All right. Anyone like steak sauce, man? <laughs> Let's go and uh, anyway. that needle, but you keep spinning those choice tracks. <laughs> <laughs>